Meat Suits. How you doing? This is your old buddy Alex from Read and Weep. This is a special bonus episode. It's not a full-on episode of the show. It's coming out, I don't know, like a day early. Isn't that weird? Um, and you can hear just from my voice. It's a chill tone that must mean it is a it's a bonus episode of Read and Weep. What we've been doing uh, for season three so far is slightly condescending film school where my boys have been teaching me a little bit more about movies. But it turns out my boys have other knowledge that I don't, specifically <laughs> video games. And so they wanted to have a chat. Specifically, um, let me introduce you to the, uh, my boys. Uh, it's in uh, in southeast Portland, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. Very excited to be here. This is going to be fun. It's It should be good. And then yeah. um, also joining us in the Bopo neighborhood of Portland, it's uh, Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Yeah, and I literally just had Popeyes like right before we started. You see that every time, I feel like. And yeah, well, no, because I end up getting it on podcast day. Um, and now <laughs> to get Popeyes, you have to wait in line with the cars in the drive-thru. And I like to pretend I'm a car to make it less <laughs> awkward. So I kind of go like, I'm a car, I'm a car, I'm a car. I'm a car. Alex, what do you expect? He's literally stuck between a Popeyes and a Popeyes. Yeah, what well, else yeah. is he supposed to do? That's true. Yeah. That's true. The opposite of a food desert. He's in a Popeyes fertile yeah. valley. <laughs> um, so this is going to be our bonus episode, uh, possibly a recurring series. We'll see how it goes. But this is going to be slightly condescending video game school. But in this uh, episode, mostly Anthony and Hunter are going to have a discussion of a game. And I am going to hang out and watch. And we will see where it goes. Anthony, um... What hit, what you were the the reason we started this was because you really wanted to talk to Hunter about a thing he had brought up on the show and then you mm-hmm. finally caught up and you have some thoughts. So what are we talking about and why? Well, uh, hey everyone. So uh, today what we're going to be doing is having a full on spoiler cast for the Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VII remake. It's been a few weeks since it's come out. I finished it last week. I know Hunter did roughly around the same time. Well, uh, a faster than you, if I remember, but yeah. Yeah, and this is just the type of thing that I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, didn't have much experience with uh, Final Fantasy VII before this, but I thought uh, it was very... I really enjoyed it, and I thought I had a lot of thoughts and wanted things to get to talk about. So I do want to say up front, we are going to be spoiling the entire thing uh, we're not going to have like a pre-spoiler section, so if you have not finished it, or if you just don't care about spoilers, you know, if you haven't finished it, check out now, beat it. It only takes, what, 40 hours of your life. 40 you can to, spare that. Yeah, 40 to 50 hours, depending uh, on just, how Just a standard work you week. If you just put uh, in one week of work, you <laughs> should be done. <laughs> but I just thought this would be fun. Uh, I do like the idea of doing something like this as a recurring segment. Uh, and I thought this was a big one, and this would certainly be a f- great one to kick it off with. Is it, uh, can you actually spoil? Isn't this a vi- an old video game? Like well, that's what we're gonna get uh-huh. into. So, ho ho ho! Yeah, okay. Well, but so even- let's say let's say somebody's listening along here who is not a video gamer who is like me. So, will you catch me up on what? it means to be a remake of Final Fantasy VII? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Oh, uh, but let me <laughs> again, I'm so just, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> kind of say again up front um, that this is full spoilers for the game, but not just that. Uh, the original Final Fantasy is, what, 15, 20 years old? Uh, we're going to probably spoil that as well. So some, I definitely know some people who have not played the original who don't want to be spoiled for the upcoming games. Um, oh, but this is also at the same time does some interesting stuff 
where maybe the upcoming game's plots aren't going to be accurate. Um, but, you know, spoiler culture is very obnoxious in films, but like in video game, like with most things, it's a hundred times worse in video games. <laughs> uh, so I definitely just want to make sure that is clear, but uh, I've already spoken a little bit about my experience with Final Fantasy VII. I'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, Alex, you don't really have any experience, but before we really kind of get going, Hunter, can you tell us about your sort of experience with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I wasn't I clear it. when you said that you were going to like host. I thought you meant you kind of like you're running the show, but you're doing a fucking hosting. Good for you. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm going to kick hey, back. Excuse I, me. I'm I've so learned sorry. from the best, you know? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying. I'm going to I'm gonna try less than I had planned, um, which was already not very much. So yeah, please continue. Yeah, you're just supposed to watch, Alex. You yeah, just I'm watch just us. Out. Watch yeah, us play with action figures, basically. Engineer Falcone today. You, you know? know what? Actually, this is. I think I said this already, but this is just perfect. This is just like um, when I was uh, a young person and my best friend Andy had a Nintendo and only let me watch him play Mario. <laughs> so the reason I'm not into video games is because people are always just making me watch. That's a yeah. bad friend, Andy. Alex, you, <laughs> we've been in that situation. And what did I do? I let you play Mario. Well, that's true. You did let me play Mario that one time, but also then last week on video, we just watched Hunter play. That's so I true. feel like it's still coming back and haunting me. Yeah, um, it's still very much. Uh, so I was asked about to explain my experience mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy VII. By the host. In 1997, uh, this game came out and I was uh, seven years old and it rocked my world. <laughs> it got in my brain and it took a it had a big sword that was way too big and it sliced my brain up into little pieces and then pasted it back together and Whoa. ripped out one of the cortexes and replaced that with a gun. Uh, <laughs> so now my brain has a gun strapped to it. That's nuts. Wow. Sword can, surgery. Yeah. Sword surgery into gun brain uh, (laughs) is what happened to me. And I played it like crazy sauce. I played it so much. It was all I thought about for probably a straight year. Uh, I super looked forward to the sequel. For a while, I think all I was about was Final Fantasy. That's all I cared about. Mm. From like 1997 to probably like 2000. Actually, you know what? I'll just round up to 9-11. So from, <laughs> from 1997... In a pre-9-11 world, you were obsessed with Final Fantasy. Yeah, and then, yeah, actually, and then reality came that, crashing down on you. I'm, I'm just going to be real for a second. I think there might be something to that. Because I'm pretty sure I was obsessed with Final Fantasy. And then when 9-11 happened, I realized there was more going on in the world than just Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. And then I think I became a more full person. But there was a point there where I was just going to be a Final Fantasy boy. So are we talking about like the entire series or just because Final Fantasy seven is like there was what three spinoff games plus like several movies? Um, yeah. So so my my history with the series is that I just barely kind of missed the Super NES days. Um, I had to kind of go back and play those Final Fantasies as an, an adult. And so it, it didn't those uh, did not hit me as hard uh, as they did. Some people I was like the perfect age for Final Fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. We were we, you know, we were seven at the same time. Uh, me and me mm-hmm. and the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. And, That's kind of beautiful. I kept growing along with it. And so I would play the newer games. Um, 
And what makes me sad is I missed um, what was in America called Final Fantasy three, but was actually Final Fantasy six. That is kind of the classic like critic, um, like generally cool people will say that Final Fantasy six is the best one. I have heard that. Yeah. And I just missed the I mean, I was like I was like five or four. There's no way I was going to play that game at, at five years old. Um, so I missed it and had to come back as an adult and it just didn't hit as hard, uh, because these games are, you know, pretty, pretty off the wall. Um, kind of, I've heard them, I've heard Final Fantasy seven described as Dostoyevsky for kindergartners, um, (laughs) which is, I think a great description in that these games are rich with philosophy. If you haven't experienced that kind of thing before or, Mm -hmm. or ever. Um, so they yeah, seemed mean, really deep when I was seven. The, the sort of yeah. the common theme. So, uh, you know, for if you don't know, Alex, I definitely know okay. you don't. The Final Fantasy is a long-running uh, Japanese role-playing series. Each game takes place in, or most of the games take place in different universes with different characters oh. with, like, certain recurring themes to them. Um, so oh, some of them take place in the same universe, but usually, like, that's kind of, like, fan theory driven or they take place hundreds or thousands of years so there isn't an overarching narrative or it's not like something like zelda where it's like these cyclical things happening it's more of a each one is distinctly different with just overarching themes so like the themes usually evolve uh, something as simple as like the power of crystals to <laughs> killing <Great> Portland. <laughs> yeah. Killing <laughs> gods. That's the other big thing in Final oh. Fantasy. A lot of them involve the players having to kill gods. Uh or kill Wait, gods. So when you mean they okay, so when you say they're in different universes, you just mean like these games are not the like they're not the same games? Is it like you're it's still- a series, but they're not connected to each other, actually. So Final Fantasy seven and Final Fantasy VIII are completely different games with different uh, gameplay mechanics and hooks. The only thing that is common between them are um, chocobos, which are like these big like chickens that you can ride. They're like chicken horses. Chicken horses. Uh, <laughs> those are pretty great. What? Yeah, Moogles. The, oh, Moogles you were like, are just look, like, we're going to only keep one thing constant. Or two mm-hmm. things. One is killing gods, and the other one is chicken horse you can well, ride. There's also a guy named Sid or a girl named Sid. Which occasionally yeah, pops true. up. This um, is bananas. Yeah, I mean, it's it is you know there was different expectations with the video game. You know, even today, uh, where sort of games are at now, there's a lot more sort of uh, consistency and like the, like uh, sagas and genres and like long term storytelling. But this was back in the day uh when that just sort of wasn't expected and they just needed a new product to sell so, and a so reliable this is less name to do Star it. Wars and more Twilight Zone. Yeah. Mm. I mean there's plenty of Star Wars yeah, it's, in it actually. It's, well, but just in in that it is not following a consistent story. It's like yeah. just what are some other things going oh, on sure. that also yes, have yes. it's but it's every game a unique Star Wars, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, there we go. Right. It's okay. Star Wars plus Twilight Zone is but actually this, a great way to put it. But at the same time, there is something huh. like Final Fantasy VII, which was such a you know important game. Again, a game I to kind of get into my own history with the franchise yeah. here. I had completely missed all of the Final Fantasies. I was a very big Nintendo kid and raised in a Nintendo household. Oh, uh, right. And so Final Fantasy VII. 
Well, so here's the thing. They used to be on uh, Nintendo consoles, but then Nintendo went cartridges instead of CDs for the N64, and Square yeah. and Nintendo had a big falling out. It's a big to-do. Uh, Interesting. So that's why this was on the PlayStation. But uh, So this was always a series that I would like see my friends playing. I did get a PS2 because everyone had a PlayStation 2, and I played Final Fantasy X. Almost to completion, but I just kind of got tired. <laughs> uh, and then I have played uh, 15 and this to all the way through. Uh, and they are two games that are actually very similar sort of mechanically. I do enjoy 7 a lot more than I've liked 15. Uh, I was never a huge fan of turn-based games, sort of what... It sounds like was your experience with Final Fantasy VII Hunter. That mm-hmm. was my experience with uh, oh, uh, like Ocarina of Time. Like that was right. the game that mm-hmm. just melted my brain and completely mm-hmm. got me. Like I'd always played a lot of video games, but that was the first game that made me realize, oh my god, this medium can do anything, and this game right. I truly cherish. You know, right? And then you, and then nine eleven happened, and you were like, <laughs> I'm going to focus on the the Ocarina of Life. No, I mean. <laughs> 9-11 happened, and Metal Gear Solid 2 came out around the same time, and that really Ooh, I know that one. his own path. I uh, have played Metal Gear Solid. Uh, so I, I certainly have always been curious about this. I have coincidentally tried to play Final Fantasy VII a few years ago and made it all the way to the end of the Midgar section, uh, but then I put it down and never came back. So I was kind of exactly perfect because that's where Final Fantasy VII Remake ends. If you're unaware, Final Fantasy VII is uh, Remake is not the full game uh, because they, you know, like Alex, will try to try to bill you a few times. What's the saying you always say, Alex? The double bill the du- one. Oh, I love the double bill, but that's not the same thing. Double bill is when. I'm on the clock for somebody, and then I do work for someone else. Mm. Well, <laughs> I like getting paid twice for the same yeah. work. I guess that's well, what they're trying to. I guess they're a little bit trying to do that. But yeah, but yeah. So they have you know the original Final Fantasy VII is quite an epic. It has sort of like three or four sort of distinct parts. I think that's fair to say, Hunter. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how they're splitting them into three games, and they took was well, essentially the first five hours of the original, and then split that into a forty-hour uh experience 30 to 40s and 60 hours um so this is crazy i have sorry uh, i just uh, pulled up some gameplay video and i was watching the the remake video just to see and and my main reaction is that that sword is like bigger than would be useful yeah um impractically big big. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's not practical you probably you probably raise it and fall on your ass, honestly. Yeah, yeah probably and, just I mean, fall right over. If we can all admit something, uh, Cloud's not a very practical guy. You know, no, if he was more not. practical, he'd be more open about his emotions and sort <laughs> oh, of yeah, well, honest with himself. Uh, but, but just the man, the original though gameplay was is is very different. Uh, yes. So this, yeah, what? A, know, okay, that's this is fascinating. Certainly enjoyed the polish of this. Uh, so. Uh, one more question for Hunter before we sort of get into this is Hunter, did you, uh, is this a game? Well, two questions. One, is this a game that you have revisited since that first playthrough? And two, have you played any of the spinoffs or watched Advent Children or any of that stuff? 
Oh, okay. So <laughs> I am so into this game that I thought you were asking me if I had already replayed the remake <laughs> in the week since I finished it, which is to me a fair, normal question. Hey, I thought um, about hopping back in at Chapter Select. Uh, I've missed two side quests somewhere, so I thought about going to knock those mm-hmm. off. But yeah, I get, I get why that's a fair question. Right. Yeah. So I have played through the original uh at least somewhere between five to like eight times somewhere in there uh and then probably played through bits and pieces of it uh randomly like i don't i mean yeah i've probably played final fantasy 7 like hundreds of hours basically Mm -hmm. um i actually i think the most recent time i played through it was like two or three years ago so i would say I, i probably play all the way through it at least once every three to four years. And I will probably, regardless of how good the remakes are, I will probably continue to revisit those games uh, because I'm, I'm big on the whole PlayStation era, seven, eight and nine. Those are my jam. And I, especially now that you can get those on the switch. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, love it. But yeah, no, I've, I've, I've played so much of that. And the uh, expanded, did you play Doge of Cerberus? Sure. Uh, yeah, so I checked out those things. Uh, they were all pretty crummy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think the only one that was good was called uh, Before Crisis. Mm-hmm. But that was on the PlayStation, uh, what was it called? The Vita? The Vita? Oh, the, yeah, not the PSP. It was the Vita. The PSP. Right? Well, no, the Vita, the Vita was like the sequel to the PSP. Yes. I think it was on the original PSP. Um, but I did not care to play that just because it was on a platform. I didn't care about um, and on- honestly all of the side story stuff like Final Fantasy games generally have like pretty bogus plots um, and I think it gets bogus enough in like a 60 hour game that if you tell me that you have a follow up of like even more bogus plot I'm <laughs> what, like but we already got so um, okay so like earlier Anthony mentioned that these games traditionally end with you like killing a god um, and that that is that is true. However, what's sad about that is that generally Final Fantasy games have like concrete plots with like characters that you might care about and conflicts that you can understand. And then in like the third act, they're in outer space and they're like in between universes. <laughs> and here is the devil, and you're gonna have to hit him with your big sword. And that it, every every game is like that. Yeah. So if you tell me there's a side story, it's like, well, it's already gotten so bogus that you all you have to build off of is more bogus plot. Um, so yeah, yeah I, no, I don't I don't hmm. go for that stuff. And they still do that. I mean, we'll definitely get to Final Fantasy VII remakes plot. But I mean, I like I said, the only Final Fantasy games that I have. I have played cover to cover before this was 15 and it was the sort of remastered director's cut edition or whatever. And about like two thirds of the way, uh, throughout the game, a character came up to me and was like, Oh, Hey, can I tell you a devil myth myth for no particular reason at all? (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. I know who we're fighting in the last act then. Um, but so with that out of the way, um, yeah. we've already covered, we both really enjoyed this game. I'm sure we'll get more into the sort of minute details in a bit, but I want to, as someone who has had, uh, a lot of experience with the original, when did you realize and how did you feel when you realized that the remake in the name of Final Fantasy VII Remake was quite literal? Uh, uh 
What what do you mean? What do you mean well, quite I mean, literal? It's not just like this is not just a remake of the game, but in a lot of ways this game seems to be more of a sequel yeah. than a straight one-to-one remake. It's uh, like another go. It's like we started again and now we're going to go wherever we feel like this time, but we're starting at the same uh, point as Final Fantasy VII. Yes, but uh, certain starts. characters are aware, seem to be aware that this is a remake happening. Um, yeah. And that was something, talking to a friend of mine who really enjoyed the re- original, you know, besides things sort of obviously being different, like Sephiroth showing up very early on, right. uh, he said that there were just a lot of clues that kind of teed him in to the idea that this was like a, you know, not just literally a physical remake but this was like a literal we are redoing and we can change things kind of narrative i think that it is a genius for people like me that for that uh for which the game was like a very formative experience um i it is a little bit scary like it's kind of frightening Mm -hmm. because uh i think Square is not the company they were when I was a kid. Um, and I think I, I get a I get a little scared that what this means is that the bogus elements that we've kind of already defined is like generally in the last act of a Final Fantasy game, it just goes off the rails. I'm afraid that those elements might start intruding on the game earlier. However, um, what I think is genius about it is that most of the people that played Final Fantasy VII when they were a kid, or even when they were an adult, I think what is amazing about it that hit people so hard, and this is a huge spoiler, but most people know this, uh, there's a character in the game and that character dies, and you care about the character. Um, uh, it's crazy that games kind of crossed a threshold with Final Fantasy VII of like actually maybe making you feel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I think is genius about this, uh, this, like them sort of saying or implying that they are not going to, uh, follow the storyline exactly is that that character's death or not death because the character may not die, um, has tension again, where it yeah. wouldn't normally, if it was a straight remake, we would all know that Aerith, uh, is going to die in the second game or whatever, or at the climax of what would be the second act. Um, and, and that's it and whatever. I mean, I guess we can cry about it again, but a lot of people, and I mean, I, I am one of those people that cried when, when it's almost like a cliche to say that you cried when, when Aerith died, uh, the first time, but I did. So now that I can play the next game and be excited over a kind of, you know, are they going to do that? Are they going to not do that? Um, do they have some sort of other way around it? I mean, I've heard theories that maybe a different character will die instead yeah, of Aerith. I, I definitely imagine it will be something like somebody else has to take that place. It, and it is, mm-hmm. some, as someone who is, I've never played the original, but Aerith dies is like, it's like uh, Vader is Luke's father, right? It's just yeah, one of those spoilers like that. that everyone knows. Even if you don't have the context, we've never seen them. Like, it's just so ambiguous in the culture that it's impossible to not know it. And the thing that really um, kind of backing up a little bit was that I think uh, that was the type of thing that in the back of my head, like I've always known that was going to happen. But I think uh, specifically in this version, the characterization of like Aerith and Tifa and their relationship and the way they bounce off and play off each other is so 
fucking good in this yeah. game. Uh, like I was really surprised at how, especially because it is a character that you on paper you're supposed to know this character dies, but they still put so much work into her character and like establishing a firm dynamic and sort of love triangle between her cloud and Tifa. That I think it's the type of thing that like building that up and still possibly having her die or having Tifa or Brig, uh, not Briggs, but um, uh, what's the guy Barrett. with the machine? Barrett. Yeah, I can't Barrett. Guy's yeah. Name. Barrett die. Um, I think it's like a genius way of kind of setting that up and paying it off. Because I thought that, you know, I've never said, never played the original, but, you know, there was, oh, the little bit I have played, there was a lot less dialogue, a lot less cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And I just thought they knocked it out of the park in this game. But uh, to get into the thing of like kind of, you know, the big third act twist that is normal in Final Fantasy VII games. I mean, this game is a very straightforward, definitely over the top kind of retelling. And then in the very last hour, you literally kill fate. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like they've already kind of got there a little bit. Uh, Oh, for sure. Sure. I mean, so my biggest concern, I think you were right when you said Square's not the same company uh, that they were. So that's to me is where, as someone who is uh, kind of entering the, the story at this point, is because I don't have a lot of experience with Square games. But the one kind of franchise I really do uh, is Kingdom Hearts. So, <laughs> I, if you guys, if you listen to this, is that the one where me, like Mickey Mouse fights with swords? Yes. Uh, well, with, no, no, blades. not with a keyblade. With yeah. a sword that is also a key that unlocks the Kingdom hearts of Hearts. worlds. Yeah. Um, okay, you probably wrote that on a podcast once, Anthony, and it's the craziest like yes. image search I've ever done. So, Kingdom Hearts is uh, a series that, for a long time, for you know, as wildly left wing and sort of radical I am, I'm also ashamed to admit, totally cucked <laughs> by Disney. Just really, <laughs> uh, really bent over the barrel for that company in a lot of ways. And I know well, it's wrong, good news. The barrel is it. now the biggest barrel yeah. that's ever existed <laughs> um, and has encompassed all barrels you've ever been bent over before right, anyway. Right. So. But I have been playing the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, I did. Uh, I played the first two when they came out and then I didn't play any of the million spinoffs and I haven't played three yet. But I do feel that from what I've kind of periphery kind of tried to jump back in and try to catch up on the story. It's just become so convoluted and up its own ass and insane that it does worry me that it's a lot of the same creatives that have taken what should be a very simple Donald, Goofy and Sora have fun adventures (laughs) with the Lion King and Jasmine. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and which, uh, said, an idea that's not convoluted or up its own ass at all. Yeah, but <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but have made that the most like insane and complicated thing ever, uh, and it's them tackling uh, this problem that is where this uh, remake ends, and that kind of mm-hmm. makes me feel a little bit um, uneasy. But yeah. I have to just go on the momentum that where they sort of got to in this game, which I thought, like I said, I thought this game really balances great characters, good action. I was sincerely moved, especially by like the very smart things it does. Like I know Jesse 
is not a very major character in the original. But I thought like the stuff of like having the mission early on when you go to Jesse's house to Mm kind of like meet her mom. I'm not a big fan of all the fat jokes at Wedge's expense, but you know, whatever. Um, That shit is lame. But I thought like taking the time to establish her and really make her super endearing so that when she dies later in the game, it like really hit me. I was genuinely surprised how much I was affected by uh, Jesse's death scene. So yeah, the, the characterizations are all like way stronger than they were when I was seven years old, like yeah. for sure, where a lot of things were just kind of suggested, but not actually like executed because the thing about the original game is it has a shitty localization. Mm-hmm. So like the person that had to translate the game into English had like two weeks to do it. And I don't uh. think they ever got to actually play the game, which provides a lot of context. And uh, Japanese is like, kind of hard like not like an easy language um there's actually i think i may have referenced this before but um if you have any interest in final fantasy 7 i cannot recommend enough a very good youtube series by tim rogers called let's mosey where he goes through the translate he speaks japanese and english and he goes through the translation and points out a lot of like dumb bullshit that just kind of like got translated the way it did because people didn't have time to do it well. Yeah, I mean... Um, like, this is like a all your base are belong to us kind of situation? It's uh, So sometimes it gets that bad. There's a there's a notorious line in the game where you walk up to a guy that's sick and uh, Aerith is like, this guy are sick. Um, <laughs> which is great. Um, I mean, yeah, localization, I've given that shout out. Talk about like an un- unpraised art form, but it's, mm-hmm. it's an incredible craft. Uh, if you ever do any research on it or like listen, like uh, there's a very great there's a great company called Eight Four Play that's based out of Japan, uh, and they have a podcast where they talk a lot about the localization pro- process and stuff like that. They're just a, it's a fascinating world to get into. It's especially interesting with Japanese because Japanese is a very terse language in that mm-hmm. you say a lot with very few words. And it makes you realize that like English is like by comparison, like not as yeah, real chatty. We just kind of say a lot of stuff, you know, Mm. like I just use the word stuff. That's not a very good word. Um, (laughs) And that's just like taking taking a spot in uh, in the sentence. Uh, There's a good example that Let's Mosey uses, which is that in English, the word washing machine is 15 letters when in Japanese it's three characters. So like in an RPG where all of the wor- uh, all of the script has to be represented in little text boxes, uh, that becomes like a real challenge of trying to take very terse Japanese that can just pack so much into like a really small box and then translate that into English, and you don't get extra boxes to work mm. with. You literally have to make that same amount of space work in English. So it, it's really difficult to do, and that's why a lot of well, Final Fantasy look, VII doesn't make sense. Look. I feel a little bit, you know, attacked. And so I just want to say on behalf of America that our characters <laughs> are easier to draw. So even if there's 15 <laughs> By, of them, yeah, they're sure. much easier to draw. By about a magnitude of like 100, I would say. Yeah, USA, USA. USA. Um, you- <laughs> but speaking of sort of the... Uh, don't drink bleach. <laughs> don't drink, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The sort of the change and like, I think that, you know, in this game, because everything is more fleshed out, 
they were able to have, obviously have a lot more cutscenes, a lot more character interactions. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. But also some fairly subtle or big story changes. As a fan of the original, do you have one that sort of you liked the most or any that kind of irked you in sort of the change in execution? Oh, no. So none of the... Well, okay, Here's there's a couple things. So... I am surprised that this kind of goes off of my localization thing. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't fix some of the mistakes. That's interesting to me. Mm. There are, there are um, when you go to the Shinra building uh, in the last act of the game, you meet the mayor of Midgar, who is a guy named Domino. Oh, yeah. And his assistant is named Hart. Um, and uh, actually, I, I for some reason, when I was a kid, I thought his assistant uh, was a lady because I just... Thought, I think I thought the name Hart was like more of a lady name, and you couldn't really tell. The band um, Hart is made up of all ladies. So. That's Good true. Point. Good point. Yeah. Um, Hart but, in so, uh, um, in the Captain Planet is probably a lady. Yep. No, I don't think is it. I, <laughs> I don't think. Let's, let's not get caught on this. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to say is that um, their names are supposed to be a pizza joke. It's supposed to be a playoff of Domino's and Hut. Her name is, or his name is supposed to be Hut, like Pizza Hut, <laughs> um, because there's supposed to be a lot of pizza jokes in Final Fantasy VII, and literally the localization screwed one up. And then for some reason in the remake, they went with the screwed up version, and now the joke still doesn't land even 23 years later. Not that it would have been a very funny joke. It's just interesting some of those choices they made. So there's like little things like that. Um, I would say. None of the none of the choices irked me at all, and all of the all of the changes I felt like were uh, for the best. Even like I love the stuff they did with uh, one of my favorite parts of Final Fantasy VII that I think was a very big influence on me. Is there's a part of the game where you have to take your big strong male character, who's your main character, and you have to dress him up in, in a dress and make him look mm-hmm. real pretty so that he's a cute girl, so that he's a lady. Um, and the way that it was handled in 1997 was, I would say, borderline, not problematic, but it definitely could have gotten in some hot water if you had made a game with that side quest today. And I like the way they translated it. Um, it seemed very respectful and informed mm-hmm. um, in the way that you execute the, the quest now. Um, not to say that it was like super gross before, um, it just felt like it was uh, not um, hmm. Well, like like we've been talking about localization issues. Uh, so definitely, uh, a side quest like that is not executed in a very like elegant way. Yeah, I mean, originally. what I think is so interesting about that sequence is that it's one of those things that is certainly kind of touchy and is a thing that had a lot of like you, I've. It's it's so interesting because I don't know anyone who thinks it's great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? But I've heard a lot of people who say like, "Oh, that you know, that's just straight up sucks." Or I've heard a lot of people because they were so young and this was such a formative game to them that that meant something to them, even yeah. though like that's a thing I think is really interesting is the idea of people who don't have the vocabulary, you don't have the context, and seeing something that is, like, on his face, straight up problematic and kind of offensive, but it pits an idea in their head of a guy in, like, women's clothing, and it, like, was a very formative thing for them as well. Yeah, I think for me, ultimately, as, like, a uh, straight 
dude in Arkansas as like a little boy, that was a kick-ass thing for me. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. problematic elements for it, I understand now, but I think overall the result of it, what ultimately did like good in my life. And then it was ultimately good for me to see this like pretty clumsy um, depiction of this kind of like exploring gender kind of element in like, how else was that even going to get into my life at that point? You know, like I lived in the fucking woods. This was like my (laughs) only way. If, you know, the only way this was going to get to me is, is if someone shoehorned it into a yeah. Japanese role playing game. And it had to I be mean, something that could like sneak past your dad. It couldn't be like exactly. Yeah. No, this is like, a video literally. game about wearing wearing ladies' clothes. He'd be like, "Get it out of here!" Yeah, I mean, right. he'd was... be like, "No, no, 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 no!" It's look, look at the size of that sword. You tell me yeah. he's not a uh, man's yeah, man. Yeah, seriously, seriously though. Yeah, I thought Walmart in general was incredibly well done. Definitely one of the highlights of the game. Um which uh really quick, quick, let me tell you for one second oh. anthony actually before you do that i just want to um to stop all of the email uh mati uh is uh uses male pronouns uh does have kind of shaggy hair but um i was thinking of wind uh who is a blonde lady but mati is heart and is a boy ah yes yes yes, yes. um but quick real quick question which um which hand job did you pay for <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I, um, I paid for the luxurious hand job, here. the most that, expensive hand job. That was the him coming out in a daze is one of the funniest things I've seen in an yeah, RPG. I mean, that on the other hand, this game just got way hornier than I thought yeah. it was going to be. <laughs> well, it actually of, is fairly thirsty. This game. Yeah, this game is game. a I think, uh, you know, people a lot of people have summed it up as a waifu simulator. Uh, because it's you know constantly you have sort of two main characters constantly uh thirsting for cloud and then you have jesse on the side who's also very very thirsty for cloud Um, and actually that that does bring up a change that i did not like um, Mm. because in the original game so the the so the game has a it features a very prominent love triangle between your character, Aerith, one of the characters that dies in the original game, and another character named Tifa. However, if you were, if you kind of explored your options, um, there is a part in the game where you go on a date, and you're going to go on a date with one of those two characters, or you could go on a date with the big, the big boy with the gun for an arm, Barrett. Uh-huh. Um, oh. So it also had like. It had, and and you know what? It was harder to get the date with Barrett. So like, I remember playing through Final Fantasy VII being like, I am trying to date Barrett with my life. <laughs> I just want to make sure I can date Barrett. <laughs> and one of the first things that happens in the game is you buy a flower from Aerith. And when um, later on in uh, maybe like 20 minutes later, um, you can give the flower in the original game, you can give the flower to Tifa, one of the characters that you can date, or Barrett's daughter. And if you give the flower to Barrett's daughter, then maybe later, if you play your cards right, you can go on a date with the big gun arm boy. And I want to do that. I, I definitely want to go on the date with Barrett because that is uh, that's my preferred. I would love it if this game set up to, so obviously to be a, a love triangle is actually a, a, a love gay square. Romance. Like I love that. Yeah. Um, well, I've I've said for years that a love triangle. This is a big big point on our show. It's a recurring theme of Read It and Weep for over the last ten years, which is that it doesn't count as a love triangle unless the boys also kiss. You just have <laughs> yeah, a, if it's I agree. just two boys lusting after the same lady. That is a love angle. Well, 
perfectly valid, <laughs> but it's not the same thing as love triangle. They have to also date sideways. Well, okay, so here's Who did you back get to my original point, though. In in the remake, you do not get to give the flower to Barrett's kid. So mm. it is that is suggesting to me that they may have taken out um, that aspect of the game, which would make me quite sad, actually. So you still, I do know that. So in this game, I don't know what the date was like in the original, but in this game, the date is uh, kind of represented as a late night talk on like a flowery hill in -hmm. which your different choices, you get either Tifa, Aerith, or Barrett. So you can play it a certain way and get Barrett to be out there for that conversation. Oh, wait, really? There is a way to get... Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, so fire up that save file. I am ready to play... All right. I am going to replay Final um, Fantasy VII Remake now. I have my excuse. How did you feel about the way um, Shinra, the sort of eco-terrorist uh, aspect of the plot, and the specifically the sort of uh, false flag narratives that this remake, which were not in the original. I mean, they're kind of hinted they are. at. I know, just but they don't straight up show... Yeah, it's com- it's it's convoluted and it's hard to pick up with that. It's it's really it's the same. It, it is the same stuff. They just made it way more obvious and apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to like take away the fun, Hunter, for when you experience this on your own. But generally, it seems like the key to getting to uh, date Barrett is you just have to neg the shit out of the girls. No, really? Yeah, so you gotta you gotta say I'm good, and then don't be stupid when Aerith offers you a flower, <laughs> and when uh, commenting on Aerith's outfit, you have to say it matter what I think. So that might be a localization issue, but anyway, apparently you just gotta be kind of a jerk to the ladies. I don't really like that. Um, mm. Well, I look, man. You know, you're gonna make an omelet. You gotta break some eggs. You, yeah, that's is, true. If you well, want to date Big Soul. You have to show him that you're not interested in the ladies throwing themselves at you. I wonder who I got on my playthrough. I didn't even like realize that there was like a date so scene it, at all. It's the when Barrett and Tifa are staying at Aerith's house uh, mm-hmm. right before they go to rescue Aerith, and you go outside, and there's one of them standing oh, uh, in Aerith's tower. Yeah. So Aerith isn't there. But I guess she can be there in like a dream sequence. Yeah, so I I got Aerith and it was okay. like a dream sequence. So I got Tifa on my playthrough. Um, mm-hmm. I also got. I can the... see why you like Tifa. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's a. I'm Nintendo just literally googling working. stuff as you say it across, uh, every time, and so I uh-huh. I seem to be watching a Tifa cloud date, but I have yeah. no idea. Working class involved in a leftist extreme group, totally my style. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I have to say, as someone who has not, um, not played the original, like I've said a lot, I definitely did fully follow the story, really without any issue, which I was kind of surprised by. I thought they would lean harder into, um, sort of like fan stuff, fan service. I definitely enjoyed almost all the characters I met. I thought near the end, they introduced a lot of characters sort of out of nowhere, which was kind of confusing and definitely seemed like they're just there for setup. Uh, My favorite, though, and I can't imagine... For me, I just thought this was fucking awesome. Like, I stood up 
and jumped in the air when this happens. Uh, but there's a very serious scene uh, in this game. And I can't imagine what this is like for other people who don't have any experience with Final Fantasy VII. But there's a very serious sequence where the bad company, the bad evil mega corporation, drops basically an upper city on a lower city. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, very dramatic and, you know, unknown deaths and tragedy and it's very very intense and in the middle of all this chaos there is a shot of like a three foot tall cartoon cat uh that runs (laughs) and falls on his knees weeping and i have no idea what the fuck that was about (laughs) and it's never brought up again and I stood Funny. up and cheered because I was like, I don't know who that guy is, but I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, you'll find out. That's actually yeah. one of, I mean, probably one of the most notorious characters. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's hilarious, Apparently, actually. I also found, I just was able to pull up a clip with all of the cat locations. So there's a lot of opportunities to see cats, apparently, in this game. Well, there's a lot of cats in the game, yeah. but this is a different type of cat. This is a no. cat that stands on two feet like a human. Oh, I yeah. like that kind of a cat. Uh, uh, but I like that cat. I really love. Oh, shit, there are a lot of cats. Look at all these cats. Um, Holy cow. Oh, Rude and the other guy, the. Um, what's that? Yeah, Reno. What's that group's called? The Turks? The Turks. Yeah, I really liked that whole group. Um, mm-hmm. I The one sort of thing I didn't quite understand the sort of the ramifications of and i i do know uh like a while ago i searched for like a complete story synopsis of final fantasy 7 so i do roughly know who the talking cat is and i mm-hmm. do know who the um uh again if you got on this for we're going full spoilers so i'm gonna yeah, say yeah. kind of what no i think is 45 <laughs> minutes into this who is <laughs> yeah, not aware yeah. of what you're doing anthony <laughs> this is definitely kind of the one so you know we kind of talked about the changing fates and stuff like that so you know they definitely set up that this first game was a very faithful remake and after this anything can happen yeah. but the guy who Gives Cloud his sword, who dies, who's Zach. now a, Zach, who's now alive in an alternate reality. Um, what did you think of that? Or what did you make of that? Because to me, that is getting into one. He looks a lot like a Kingdom Hearts character, so I'm already a little bit worried. Um, but he's in a universe with with a different dog cartoon mascot, and he's alive. Right. Right. And as someone who was knows the story very well, does that worry you? Yeah, at all? Uh, I would say that is the most concerning scene, uh, just because I whatever I do not like. OK, so Final Fantasy seven, what makes it one of the best Final Fantasy games and one of the best games is that the cast of characters is like surprisingly fully realized for a stupid game for children. Um, (laughs) Like the, a lot of the characters, uh, even as you go forward, uh, they get a lot of really touching, like kind of episodic stories that are like self-contained. There's a very good part later on that would be in part two, if they're going to adapt this part um, where Barrett, uh, he's he's actually taking care of like his best friend's daughter because his best friend uh, has kind of gone off the deep end and is like, you know, kind of, he's just like a 
he's he's just a piece of shit basically um and it goes into like barrett's backstory and all of this like surprisingly deep character development that actually it's it's funny final fantasy even going forward didn't do as good of a job of developing the cast um so i don't feel like there's a place for another sword man just kind of mm. in the group um zach is basically just the main character cloud but like just from a different point of view um in fact cloud in the original game in a weird way cloud kind of thinks that he is zach and then finds out and this is a huge spoiler he finds out that he is not um the person that he thought he was in a very well, God, i mean him and hunter now yeah. i can't even play well, I mean, sorry that's sort of <laughs> what i mean in terms of like doesn't something like that happening almost like make makes that this first act can't happen in this universe. You know what I mean? Doesn't it feel like we're going to get a little bit too sort of timey-wimey kind of stuff? Here's what I hope. I hate timey-wimey video games. Yeah, it it, it might get pretty timey-wimey. I hope that we do not see any more of that alternate universe until the end of the second game, if not even beginning of the third game. I just do not, I want as little of that as possible. I think there, it, it could be, it could lead to something great or interesting, but if we keep going into multiple universes, every time we need like a big shakeup in the story, I think it's just going to feel kind of lazy. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in what would be like the next 10 hours of the game that is interesting. That is like fertile ground for um, like ad- adapting and like, and is interesting to me. And I don't want them to just kind of leave that all by the wayside so that they can do a bunch of uh, alternate universe bullshit basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope it does. I hope it gets bare minimum timey wimey. I realize it it must now cause they've opened that can of worms, but yeah, not too uh- much. I mean, so do you think we'll see the whispers in the next? Uh, I think the whole game? point of the ending of the first one is that we won't see them anymore. Okay, that's what I was thinking. That they're too. gone. Yeah. Do you think Red Thirteen will be a playable party member in the next game? He literally has to, or I'll riot. I will yeah. send angry emails. And I, Red Thirteen was one of my favorite characters from the game when I was a kid. Because okay, it, let me just to bring Alex in here. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. He's a, he's a great time. He's a watching doggy this video game with tattoos. He's a what? tattooed doggy. That and is now, immoral. You should never do that. He got them himself. Okay, he can get his own damn oh. tattoos if okay, he wants no, to. Oh, he's forty-seven fine. years old. Okay, which is actually young in his uh, for his species. Oh, um, weird. You, that's um, you find out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, Red Thirteen. I understand why he's not playable because he's introduced so late in this right. game that it would be weird to add like a whole new spectre, you know, yeah, uh, all that. Sure. Um, speaking of that, how did you enjoy the sort of materia and weapon weapon leveling system? Did if you, I thought it was definitely neat. I don't think I, um, I found a lot of people who said this game was very difficult. I did not personally find that. Uh, I thought it could definitely be tedious in terms of like, you know, just keep pumping health potions. And I didn't really build a very diverse move set for my team. I didn't have one specced out for a healer or a tank. I just Mm -hmm. had everyone max attack, basically, and just 
would just spam. I mean, uh, if you were going to have a tank, it would be that hot soldier guy with the gun arm, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's, that's not how I do it, but he looks like his name is Tank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does look like his name is Tank. Um, but I, I think I thought the, the the combat system and leveling system was very neat and sort of a novel approach to it. I, I think that was my biggest surprise. Uh, for some reason, I just expected the game was going to play like shit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you know, it's like they announced the remake and it was kind of, I kind of had this moment of like, all right, checkmate, I'll, I'll buy your stupid game. I'm going to give you the 50 bucks anyways. And I thought it wasn't going to be fun to play. And I thought it was actually going to be, I actually thought it was going to be quite crummy because I don't like it when somebody kind of has like, it's 50 bucks I've already given them. Like the second they said it exists, like, yeah. oh, well, I'm going to buy that. Re- regardless of whether it's good or not, it could have come out and gotten bad reviews all over the place. I This is just that game that I was going to have to play. Um, and it's a, it was such a relief to me that it was good um, and seemed to have been made with a fair amount of care. Um, but that it was fun to play, say, that the combat was fun, yeah. that seems crazy. Like, why well, I feel would like it... you definitely undersold uh, this dog. It's not that he has tattoos that is the most notable <laughs> to me. It's that his tail is on fire. Oh, yeah. He has a fire tail and... Uh, or is fire. Yeah. He has like that... a feather. His feather's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I he he seems combat... like maybe a hippie dog. That's a little bit... Uh, uh, especially because... Um... I, like I said, I played Final Fantasy XV not too long ago, and that has, mm-hmm. at the base of it, a very similar complex, combat system, but one that looks very cool, but I never found particularly engaging or exciting and mostly very frustrating. This, yeah. I genuinely loved the switching between characters. I loved uh, the the way it, it was like, you know, the kind of like action with tactical elements. I really mm-hmm. loved moving characters around the real small little touches. Like I thought how fast Tifa was stuff like Barrett's being able to press triangle to like speed up his like super move mm-hmm. uh, just led to some really interesting combat encounters. I love the stuff like, you know, my wife was sitting next to me playing animal crossing a lot while we were Mm -hmm. while i was playing this game and i remember at one point she's like watching me in like this coliseum uh kind of level and i'm fighting all these regular guys and all of a sudden i'm like so into it i'm not really thinking about what i'm doing or the absurdity and my wife tapped me on the shoulder and said um are you fighting a haunted house and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> shit, I am fighting in a haunted house. I just, it was just an enemy that showed up. I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. Um, but I thought, like, that was a delight. I love the switching uh, different, uh, like, skills and different magic. I loved the weapon proficiency that carried over to other weapons after you leveled it up. Like, I'm really glad it didn't have a sort of you would get locked into a certain level or certain mm-hmm. weapon and you had to keep grinding like that all your weapons leveled together. I thought that was really clever. Um some of the walking sections uh I thought were a little bit tedious, but a lot of complaints I'm seeing of people complaining about like the the multiple sewer levels or stuff like that. And I thought yeah. it was it stayed engaging all the way through. I never felt like any of it really seemed 
to drag on. Some of the side quests weren't as flushed out as I would have liked them to be, but I did like the characterization that happened during them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just as a break from the combat. It was, I don't know, it's definitely one of those games that has a lot of really high highs and some crazy production values. But I would definitely say the best way to sum it up is that there's one or two levels in the game that have some of the shittiest JPEG-looking skyboxes I have ever seen in a video game. Uh, So, like, specifically when you're going into, like, the second reactor and you have to turn Mm -hmm. off these lights and there's, like, this city underneath you that just looks like a four-megabyte picture stretched underneath you. And there's one at the end of this rubble. And it has, you have these incredibly high-quality ca- high character models. And the environment you're running through looks incredible with like this one really bland texture underneath it. And I think that's a really good metaphor for kind of the way the game plays and looks overall. Like, there's so many high highs, like the graphics right. and the music and the combat. But there's a few things in it that just feel like a little cheap or weird like doors for some reason all look like they came out of ps2 games i'm not sure what that was about there's like there's just like some misses every once in a while um i would say what's interesting about the skybox comment is that sometimes i felt like they looked really good yeah and then i it would even be like maybe the same like uh there's the level where you're going up to uh shinra headquarters um, and you Dude, fight like, like the, the helicopter thing or whatever, yeah, um, yeah. the helicopter robot thing. Uh, and that skybox at times looked amazing to me. And I felt like I was really looking out over like a kind of a vast cityscape. And then sometimes I it's it felt like I could see it just as a like a shitty JPEG on my computer. Yeah, it almost felt like a throwback to the original kind of pre-rendered graphics. Like they right. stuck yeah, in... Yeah. Uh, original uh, skyboxes from the PS2 version as like a goof. Or mm-hmm. there was just like a cheap, uh, you know, cutting corners sort of thing, which I thought is, it's so weird how uneven certain elements of the yeah. game overall um, are uh, for how like, you know, but it's the type of thing for like every time something like that would kind of take me out of it, like a really good piece of music would kick in, mm-hmm. uh, which is as someone who's doesn't have a nostalgia for the original score, I can only imagine what that would be like. Like I know if I heard like the Ocarina the Time score recomposed with a giant symphonic orchestra, the way it would hit me. Um, mm-hmm. So I can only imagine what it would be like for you walking around and the first it was, time you it hear was kind of hard actually because sometimes I it would ju- it kept doing this thing to me with the music because the music is probably the most precious part of it because mm-hmm. that stuff is just like that gets in your in your bones and in your soul yeah um, forever and, and it never gets out ever uh, be just the most important music you ever dangled heard um, <laughs> but like so like sometimes they would change you know. It, it would it would be a different arrangement of something, and I just couldn't decide if I liked it or not because I was just so like, am I reacting poorly to this because I'm so used to the original version? Like the boss battle theme, I feel like I didn't like as much because it was just like too much. But then like the wall market theme has like reggae parts and like all of this extra stuff that you would never get out of like the you know just like the MIDI. 
uh, keyboard stuff that you got with the original game. Um, so it was kind of hard for me to judge the music. Um, I think one standout track was uh, Barrett's theme is fucking Cowboy Bebop as fuck. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. I, like, I mean, I thought... Oh, no, so sorry. Great. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, I was going to say, everything involving... You know, I definitely have heard some people who don't like his portrayal, and they certainly didn't round off the sort of offensive edges to his character. Uh, I found him to be certainly kind of fairly endearing. I get that it's mm-hmm. not my lane to sort of talk about those issues. Right. But I also think the most, probably the most satisfying moment of the game uh, in like my, my almost 40 hours with it is the sequence when you play as Barrett and you're just, you can just like unload on all those crates sitting on those shelves. Uh, just something about walking in a straight line, just dumping with your machine yeah. gun on felt so right. good. Is Probably my one of my like top five favorite sequences uh, in the game. Yeah, uh, along with when Cloud and you are escape when Cloud's like helping them escape from Shinra headquarters on the motorcycle, and he's doing the cool uh, hella anime uh, motorcycle tricks. Um, I also like the all the motorcycle stuff the at the beginning and the end. I definitely like the that first sort of main boss fight you have with the motorcycle guy. Right, right. Um, How did you feel about the bosses in general? Because there was quite a bit. I was fairly surprised how many bosses there were in this game. You know, there's like 18 chapters, and there seems to be, you know, some chapters have one, some chapters will have two or three near the end of the game. You get like five, six bosses a chapter. Um, did Did you like them? I liked the ones that forced me to play the game, like that actually forced me to adjust the way I was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, if, if it was challenging enough to where I felt like I actually had to figure out the boss, I really liked that. Um, I thought it was strange that there were some bosses that didn't really have that kind of hook or that level of challenge to them. Like a set really weakness kind of, or static effect or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Or just something they used to like shake up the game. Um, if I didn't have to learn the boss, it felt like because some of the boss fights were so good that it just felt like, oh, you're just kind of now you're just kind of taking up my time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the uh, the Airbuster fight. Oh, also, though, I wanted to say one thing about um, Barrett's characterization, uh, which is like totally definitely in the racist zone um in the original game which is uh mostly due to the the localization which is interesting um because in um in the original uh japanese version of the game barrett is kind of like solid snake like he's like and he and most of his um speech is like not very slangy uh it's actually more like very like a, he uses a lot of a, a f- like kind of official or like military sounding um phrases uh and then of course for the english version they're like oh he has to kind of sound like mr t i guess mm-hmm. um but one thing that i that i liked being able to choose with this game because i knew some of that characterization was probably still going to make it into the english version it's nice that you can play it in japanese now to where i can't tell if it's racist or not which is great <laughs> that's like a nice little well, I mean, I uh, little they- shift for me they definitely it's a side, do a it's lot a of, side quest. You got to go find out they, how racist it is. They do yeah. a lot of real great, life. 
<laughs> stuff with him later on but you know at the opening of the game he's and especially i think there's like a few sequences early on in a train when they really lean into the big scary black man kind yeah, of stereotype right, stuff right. like making white people on a train uncomfortable which i wasn't a huge fan of how it played uh how that came off but yeah. i thought the way you know his his really passionate fiery passionate speeches about you know he is the you know make no mistake this game alex i don't know if you've gotten this so far but this is a game about a bunch of eco-terrorists who cause terrorist attacks in order to try to bring down uh evil corrupt corporation government. no i did not get that so far yeah. what i think so- it is is a guy who's constantly being dragged downwards by his sword backpack fighting <laughs> against uh heteronormative culture and a red fire dog well that's all in there too that's 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 what i want it to be uh but it's mostly about eco-terrorist oh that's fun Uh, uh and he is the one who is the most fiery you know definitely has a lot of big monologues especially early on um but this I is think, Gun Boyfriend. Yeah, yeah this is Gun Boyfriend. Thank him, you. Especially everything about Maureen, uh, Moline, I think is really, really good and really touching. And just the way he interacts and cares for the other characters. I mean, that's, you know, a huge part of why I think I was so into this is the the interaction between, like I said, Tifa and Barrett, Barrett, Aerith uh, uh, and Tifa. It's just mm-hmm. the those sort of like interpersonal connections they have it's so like moving and delightful and there's a great sense of humor to it i really like the npc who is just doing his best sam elliott impression the chocobo guys yeah (laughs) um i really enjoyed there's this great like sort of like running gags which you don't see a lot in video games but there are these kind of like goofy uh, thugs who hang out in this uh, like overpass freeway and you run into them multiple times throughout the game and every time it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, going back to the sort of the cross dancing, cross dressing sequence, these rhythm game was, I thought like a little confusing in how it looked like it almost looked too good to be an actually well-playing video game sequence because it's all this really colorful, distracting shit happening on the screen. Yeah, I thought well, that. Well, that actually brings me to a really big question. Uh, which dress did you get for your cloud? Oh, I got the. Um, I believe I did everything that you could do in that section. So I got the like the really nice, I believe, blue and black one, which is the, the third one to get. And my Aerith yeah. was in her really fancy red one. That she had from the original. What about you? Yeah, uh, I had the purple. I had the purple dress, the kind of lighter purple one, which actually uh, is the. It's not the quote unquote best dress, but it is the one that I prefer. I think the okay. most. Um, and then Tifa and Aerith were both in their classic uh, dresses from the original game. I which so which answer is that? So for me with Tifa, she was in the exotic dress because when oh. I. When she asked me what I would have gone with sporty. Yeah. (laughs) 
those uh, exotic, classy, and I don't care. Like the mature. three choices. Mature, no, yeah. It, mature was one, and sporty yeah. was one. Sporty, I just yes, watched so. this cutscene or the scene. I just <laughs> googled this. I happened to actually know the answer was that sporty That's is one of the answers. So, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I that. said mature because yeah. I I I have always there's always been a you bit. You thought of she me. looked too young. Yeah, I thought she looked too young. Uh, but also, like, if you give me a choice for, I don't know, Tifa in general kind of makes me a little squeamish just as a character. Her um, her kind of, uh, oh, what's like the, she's such an eye candy-like character, or at least she was mm. in the original. Um, and it sucks because her, her actual characterization is so deep and awesome. Um, that I was a little bit disappointed at how much they kept of like kind of the eye candy aspects of yeah, her. I mean, there is definitely a sort of dissonance in the, I think her, you know, her like modernization, the adaptation of her wardrobe for the game. You know, mm-hmm. she's definitely the one to the most skin, but I think like she look her model looks great. But it is weird when you have the flashbacks and they have like the one to one recreation of her and like the chaps and the cowboy hat. Right. Uh, that is just like, man, you could have, you could have like modern that one up just a little bit. You didn't have right. to keep that such a silly, ridiculous looking costume. Right. Well, so if, think... if there's a choice in the game where it feels like they're asking me how sexy I want Tifa's dress to be, right. I'm just going to be like, um, least sexy, please. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you did that, that might actually help you get the date with Gun Boyfriend. Yeah, and that's, I can't her. believe it looks like I just missed date with Gun Boyfriend. Like I did one answer incorrectly too nice yeah i was too nice i didn't want to be mean to Aerith because i'm not trying to be mean to Aerith in order to go on the date i want cloud to be a nice gay man i don't Mm -hmm. i I, that's what i want (laughs) nice gay man with a big sword and those beautiful mako eyes yeah beautiful just stunning mako eyes um well anthony um you know this is your your show and you're running it but just you know if you were like taking cues from me this would be about the time and by this time i mean 25 minutes ago to start (laughs) to bring it in for a landing Oh, the see, Alex, that that little note, that part was unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was like, oh, it's good that he's coming in and, and reining us in. And then the fact that you're coming in, reining us in and letting us know that you should have done it 25 minutes yeah. ago. Oh, I guess that a little bit too condescending. Condescending podcast <laughs> school now. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, Alex, you don't have any skin in this game. Literally. Oh. You don't know. I don't know. Um, that's true. Well, I do, I was thinking the same thing, kind of wrapping it up. Um, you know, we haven't. There's a lot we haven't even talked about. Uh, before we kind of go, I do sort of the. We've talked about a lot of the main characters, a lot of the big plot points. Uh, it's been surprising uh, how little we have talked about Sephiroth. Kind of, sure. I would argue. Besides, I was thinking that. Yeah. Um, besides, <laughs> sort look of, up Sephiroth. Yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of Final Fantasy VII, he is. Definitely the most i probably the most iconic character. I mean, he is the most iconic character of the Final Fantasy series. In Darth a way. Vader, He's yeah, the I video mean, game Darth Vader. In a lot of ways, Sephiroth, I think, kind of ruined Final Fantasy forever. <laughs> uh, well, just in the sense that he made such a big impact, and you could just always see them chasing that. 
yeah. for the rest of the series. You know what I mean? Like there was villains before him, obviously, but he is the one that is so incredibly iconic, so uh, really tapped into something that uh, trying to modernize him, trying to bring him in, especially because he's not. If, correct me if I'm wrong. He's barely even mentioned in the original at this point in the game, right? Yeah, at, th- at this point, at the point um, where the remake ends is right when you would learn about Sephiroth, basically. Yeah, and in this game, essentially right where what would be like, what was the demo ends, Sephiroth shows up for like 20 minutes, or five minutes, you know? Well, according yeah. to this, I just watched, I just clicked around randomly in a 29-minute video, and it looks like you do fight Sethroth, but your sword is a different shape now, which is very unnerving. And well, then so you they, have they have a different sword. They have a different sword. Oh, oh okay. The normal. And then and then you work at a soup kitchen. <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> that's what the, that's after you. That's playing in the video. Alex. No, you don't know. no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> after you fight Sephiroth, there is like they get soup. What the. F- Somebody knows what I'm. Somebody listening is in. Well, no. If if people were listening, they would be like, "I get that. I remember the soup part." But anyway, yeah. Um, as someone, honestly, I don't. I don't like um, Final Fantasy bad guys. I didn't like them when I was a kid. Um, I don't. I don't really. I would say Sephiroth is an aspect of the game that, when I played it as a kid, I was kind of like, "This this is the bogus parts." and I actually like um, Shinra and all of the Shinra characters mm-hmm. a lot better as antagonists. I think it's I think the story between the main characters and Shinra, the corporation, is a lot more interesting. It's also a lot more grounded. There's a much more solid reason for for um, there to be conflict between them, whereas Sephiroth is ambiguous, uh, strange. His motivations are unclear, um, you know, like he gets compared to Darth Vader, but like, you know what Darth Vader is about. Sephiroth like walks through. He's like a ghost. Uh, It's like, he's a badass ghost with a long sword. And yeah, I guess I can kind of actually, that does sound dope as hell. I just made, (laughs) which is not that hard to do. Actually, (laughs) I think about it, but um, yeah, he's just, he's too weird. That's the, that's the goofy bogus aspects of final fantasy storytelling. I I was reading an interview a while back uh, with, about this game and one of the producers said like that they wanted to treat him like uh the shark and jaws in this game. yeah yeah uh, which i get what they were going for but my biggest thing is like you barely see the shark and jaws in yeah. this game in the first 45 minutes sephiroth is showing up and giving like a five minute monologue you know like i think if they yeah. like i get that they were trying to give like really trying to establish him earlier, especially with what seems like his new motives in terms of like, I don't want, I don't know if the Sephiroth was seen in this game is always the same Sephiroth. Like it almost seems like the Sephiroth we see at the beginning and the Sephiroth we see at the end are like different versions of him. Like, yeah, it I, could I, be. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. like, 
by the time part three rolls around, Sephiroth is a party member. You know what I mean? All right. Well, uh, well, okay, okay. So, so like, that does, technically that is we we are right at that point where Sephiroth would be a, a party member temporarily. Um, okay. In like a flashback sequence, but uh, so that is something that did happen in the original game. But not in a flashback. Um, I mean, like in the mod, like Sephiroth is sure. a good guy by the end of the oh, series. God. You know, that's the, that's exactly the type of stuff I do not want. Um, I will say this: what the number one thing that scares me about the games going forward is that we got part one of the story and at the end of part one we fought sephiroth already yeah which means that at the end of part two and then eventually at the end of part three or if there's five parts that however many endings that is um we're not going to just fight sephiroth again at the end of the yeah. second game there's going to be I'd imagine um, here, let me just guess. So there's going to be eight Sephiroths and we fight <laughs> all eight at once. And then we beat, we beat them. And then they all, then there's a hundred Sephiroths and they all form together as this like kind of blob of Sephiroths that makes like a big, big Sephiroth. And then we fight that one. Um, that is a hundred percent what it will be. And I yeah, literally I, just called that shot. That's going to be the next five years of you playing these games is going to lead up to giant Sephiroth blob. Yeah. I mean, that definitely, you know, that's a great point. Where do they go from here? To me, my biggest concern, this hit me like a uh, ton of bricks as I was finishing uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, thinking about the futures going forward. That by the time this series is done, by the time I finish playing the Final Fantasy VII saga, I'm going to be like 40 years old. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> just the idea of, you know, if there is, I really hope, I, you know, I don't want them to rush them. I don't want them to cut corners. But if these are like five years between each game, uh, yeah, I'll be 42 by the time the series is done. And that really makes me feel old and like really makes me think about my own life and mortality and what am I doing? Uh, so I think you were right. You know, Dostoevsky for children. Yeah. Uh, really? Th that's me... where you're at. You're an adult and it's still more interesting to have <laughs> yeah. the kindergarten version yeah. of deep, deep psychological fiction. Um, I just want to call out this, uh, Yoshinori Kitase, uh, who was the director of the original game, who kind of came back to direct the remake, uh, recently said he is comfortable spending the rest of his professional life on the Final Fantasy VII remake. He is 53 years old. That's There's 12 years of his working life left. And he is willing to give it all to this game. So get ready for 12 years of this game. So basically, <sighs> we're, at, we're at peak Final Fantasy VII right now. Because yeah. this is when we can all enjoy it and be happy with it. But I guarantee, give me seven years and I'll be like, oh, they should have never done this. This was such a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a great spot to end it on. You know, uh, I look forward to 12 I, more years of this bonus podcast yeah, series. Oh, yeah. and, you 12 know, years. Let us know what you think. I would love to do um, not even just on games. I think like a spoiler cast for other stuff would be really fun to do as sort of one offs. If it's something we're all kind of into or like mm -hmm. really want yeah, all of us all three to talk of us. about. That, that's the key spot. The key yeah. part is we all have to be into it. Me and Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> all of us like just we're all on board like it's like we all have something to add to the conversation as like, long as both all me you have and something. anthony yeah. 
Um, but if there is like the next big movie, you know, if movies ever come up again, uh, I would love to do a spoiler Troll, cast. Trolls and, World Tour. We'll do a yeah. spoiler full podcast about yeah, it. Especially and, if like me and Anthony know about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I won't know. You guys go see it. And you know, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it like you guys do a show where you, neither of you have seen it. And then I just try to carry out a conversation alone for an 80 minutes. <laughs> and um, we're just looking up references yeah. on Google. I mean, look, I will say I've, I saw more of this game. I'm going to take Anthony. Yeah. I've taken it back. Uh, excellent job at the reins. Oh, thank um, you. I, uh, I I did enjoy seeing. I, I, w- I will say the game does look better than I expected. Um, their faces are still bad, but generally, like <laughs> the anim, like they look creepy and 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 not quite human. But the rest of it is like if this was a movie, I'd be like, this is a very decently animated movie, and it's a cool looking city, and that dog is fucking nuts, and I like that. Dude. Red, um red there's I, I could do not think i could put a full work week into playing that game also if i were to have my show about video games it would be like let's have everybody account for where they found 50 dollars for this because that's so much money <laughs> um, yeah i know it makes me sad every time i have to do it it makes me it, i uh like 50 dollars for a thing that you're done with in a week is like that's like that's getting up there i didn't have to be done with it in a week i made myself i I (laughs) literally the it playing this game the way i played it is the equivalent of buying three gallons of ice cream and being like (laughs) all right this is dinner breakfast and lunch okay and afterwards i felt so sick dude i mean it is you know it's a little bit especially with like animal crossing coming out to like justify to my wife spending $60 on this and getting 35 hours while she spent $60 on animal crossing and is going to get 500 hours out of entertainment out of it. But also I, I make the argument we like see, you know, $60 is what like uh, two movie tickets concessions and like dinner beforehand you know, on the cheap end of that. Yeah, so it's like yeah. a night out at the movies and instead I'm getting, you know, 30 to 40 hours worth of entertainment out of it. I don't feel too bad buying. I uh, just, as a person who was like casually interested in what, in this weird farming game everyone's playing, I was like, well, it would just be like $400 for the Switch and then like, which is like, look, I could maybe talk myself into that. It was like for all the fun I'm going to have. And also, you know, I wasn't productive before Kobe started. It's not like I'm going to take this disaster and like really find myself so like maybe a video game is perfect four dollars i could maybe do but then if it's sixty dollars for that like and then it's like oh i also want to play mario hat that's an other sixty it's absurd why are you buying a four hundred dollar switch they're 2.99 so well doesn't isn't it 3.99 if you want the handles to come off I I think it's a little bit cheaper than that. I think it was two ninety nine for the light and three ninety nine for but the handles. But anyway, anyway still. Get, look, get a switch, Animal Crossing, and Breath of the Wild, and you will be good for a while. Well, I gotta get Mario hat. That's the whole reason okay, I'm getting get, it. Get Odyssey. Yeah, he, yeah those... he's definitely gonna get Mar- Mario hat. Not yeah, not Zelda. Yeah, I don't hey, need dude, Breath of the Wild. This is this year. I don't know if you heard. This is the thirty five anniversary, thirty five year anniversary of Mario. Apparently, Mario sixty four is getting a remake this year. That would so be a bunch of other stuff. I mean, yeah, get in while right, you can you still mean, find one of these them. things. Is gonna be sixty dollars. It's just... no, that will be cheaper. That will <sighs> be absurd. Okay. Anyway, um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this week's slightly condescending film uh, video game school slash uh, spoiler cast for Final Fantasy seven the remake. Man, if they took 
a game like if they took Mario Kart and redid it <laughs> with this intense, realistic, yeah. like textural yeah. animation, that would be fucking. Have crazy. you seen what Mario Kart Eight looks like on the Switch? I have, and it does not look a lot like Final Fantasy VII remake. No, it to me, looks right? incredible. Though. It looks I, great, but Final it still S- looks like silly. Yeah, and well, I'm saying like a okay, gritty okay. Mario this, Kart version. This is so random, but I just have to throw this out there. Why is there not like a Mario Kart career mode where you like go through a whole season and you have to like buy your fucking cart and shit? Like, That's a great idea. Why I'm is that, that not a thing? And you have like a well, pit crew. But here, well, you know what? Here's the reason: is because another sixty dollars, I'm not gonna have. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, maybe a more serious point is like I'm an adult. Well, you you guys are adults with jobs. I'm an adult with a podcast empire, and um, I used to do comedy, but then that got canceled forever. Right. Um, and I just can't justify it now. But I guess like if you, like, but like, how could you as a kid? convince your parents to buy you a $400 switch and then $60 for every new game that comes out. Like I just can imagine myself asking, like remembering, like asking for like a grocery store, like toy and having that be like, it's what, we're not spending money on that. It's what and it's like birthdays and Christmases were for. Yeah. And having yeah, siblings literally, who also have birthdays throughout the year. So you really yeah, also my nice. birthday, my birthday is so choice for video games. It's October 27th. Oh, yeah, so I, good... what I, what, how I would nail it is like the fall releases. I would get something choice on October 27th. And then anything I missed that was gun. We're gunning for Christmas then. Yeah. And right. as also as a kid, I was really into, uh, reselling my games for pennies yeah. on the dollar to scrap <laughs> together enough money to get a new game. But you can't so. do that now, right? Because they're no, downloaded. They, no, you can. Well, you can still buy physical copies and sell them at GameStop. You're just not going to get any money for them, you know? Oh, well, great. Well, then that solved that problem. Okay. Well, um, thank you guys for, for, for sharing this. I hope somebody enjoyed it. Uh, email us if your, your thoughts podcast at read and we'll be back again in just a day or two depending on when you hear this with a, a new episode of the show uh, yeah. so thanks for listening thanks for talking to me hunter and anthony you guys both great great to hear from you this was awesome all right i'll talk to everybody soon take care bye